listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down hi friends welcome back to another episode i'm brandon and i'm saba and we are your hosts of the cannabis hangout on today's conversation, we have the pleasure of speaking with Omid and Josh with Evoke Cannabis here in Oklahoma. They are flower and hash lovers and have come a long way to where they're at now, and we're excited to get to know their stories a little bit better. So please welcome Omid and Josh to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi Hello. Guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you for making time out of your days to be here with us. So happy you're here. So to get to know you both a little bit better, tell us about the first time you came in contact with the cannabis plant and how that experience went for you. I mean, let's start with you. Oh, wow. Um, Let's see. The plant itself, when I was like 19 or 20 years old, um, I had some seeds that I had collected. Anytime I got bag seeds, I always collected them. And uh, my uncle went on vacation for like two weeks, and I was watching his apartment. I didn't know anything about growing I took all my seeds, I got a little lamp, and I set it up in his closet and started growing them. And then when he got back, there were a bunch of weed plants in solo cups that had just (laughs) sprouted. And I was like, look, I'm growing in your closet. And he was not (laughs) stoked about it. Um, Those all got thrown away. And then I didn't try my hand at growing again until I moved to Colorado a couple years later. Okay. So where did you grow up then? I'm from the Chicago suburbs and uh, from Illinois. I moved to Colorado and then Colorado to here. So what was your first time like smoking in Chicago? Like, do you remember that experience? Yeah, I was uh, 16 and um, I have a sister who's five years older than me. And she always told me if I wanted to experiment with uh, anything like that, that I should come to her to make sure that. I get good shit. Mm-hmm. It's and a good so, sister. Yeah. The first time I decided I wanted to smoke, I hit up my sister <laughs> and um, we went to her friend's house who had a bunch of uh, really nice glass. And um, let's see, we picked, I got to pick the piece. It was like a 12 inch bubbler. It was like a really big bubbler. I don't know why, and, but I was going to say, I bet it was a bubbler. Yeah. <laughs> Packed it up. I took like three hits and I was blasted. We watched Napoleon Dynamite. I remember getting Italian beef sandwiches that night. It was <laughs> wow. Good memory. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Went to Portillo's. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Josh? When did it start for you? Um, I think the first time I smoked, I was like 14. And uh, my uncle lived with us at the time in Colorado. And I found his weed. And I took some and we smoked it and well, yeah, I smoked it with my buddy there and just got so astronomically high. <laughs> but the first time I smelled weed, I was like, oh my God, this smells like everybody in my family. 
Oh, like, really? Everybody, <laughs> like everybody in my family. Like everybody oh. in my family, like growing up, like smoked yeah. weed. You know, like <clears throat> a lot of my family's into like jam bands and stuff like that. Okay. Was, like, you know, like I grew up like listening to stuff like that with them. Yeah. So then when I got into it when I was older and like later in high school, mm-hmm. I like started getting into that kind of culture. And I was like, oh my God, I like didn't know that this existed. Yeah. With, like people my age. Okay. Know? So where did you grow up then? Um, I grew up in South Alabama till I was okay. 10, but okay. we moved to Colorado when I was 11. Okay. So what then, part um, of Colorado? Uh, Colorado Springs initially. And okay. then we moved up to like the Denver area. And then um, my parents still live in the mountains in Conifer. Oh, outside cool. Outside of Denver. That's so nice. that's like, that's what I consider home. Yeah. The mountains of Colorado. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's good. So everyone has different seasons of cannabis use. What season of cannabis consumption are you guys in? And what's your favorite way to consume at this moment? What do you mean season? Yeah, what do you mean when you I say mean, that? I mean like seasons. Like, you know, last last year this time, I was like a he, like really big into dabs and like was going through like oh, yeah. th- oh, five, six grams a week. But like now I, yesterday was my first time to take a dab with Brandon since the week before that I saw her and the time before that was three weeks before that I saw her, you know? So it's like every time I see Brandon, I take a dab, but beyond that, I don't take dabs like that anymore. So what season are y'all in? Um, I'm in like the, like, I don't really, I don't puff like throughout the day. It's really like a nighttime thing for me, you know, just like trying to stay like on my P's and Q's throughout the day, make Mm -hmm. sure I'm getting everything done because I'm already distracted. Yeah. You know? So like if I start smoking, it's just over. Yeah. Um, but I try to be like 50-50 flour and hash, mm-hmm. you know, because we just have so much stuff. You know, we got to try it. Try all it the all. Time. Right. Yeah. You're the guinea pigs. I am in the uh, excessive <laughs> overconsumption season of my <laughs> life. Um, I do. I quality control every product that we create mm-hmm. at Evoke. So every gram of Biho, every rosin, all the flour, I smoke everything. And so... Um, I'm like that anyway, so it's like a perfect job for me to be doing. Yeah. Um, I was there's say, no there specific a- like type of consumption that I prefer. I smoke dabs every day. I smoke backwoods every day. I smoke my bong every night. <laughs> I eat edibles almost every day. I'm, oh, yeah. I started on on rosin edibles every day. Okay. Now. What's your favorite edible? Um, the rosin edibles yeah. that we have coming out really oh, soon. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Duh, just, Evo. Sorry, yeah. I'm like, well, that's, oh, that's a new space. product. For us, yeah, it's so. a new thing. Well, um, I think we're gonna launch them into this month. Oh, cool! Right around July first. That's exciting. And, uh, I've never been a huge edible person because mm-hmm. they just get me wrecked. But these are like perfect. Rosin gummies just are just edible. Okay, hash just, Yeah, it's they just so hit different. Good. It just hits just like your eyes, and it just makes us like happy. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't give you like that overwhelming like yeah. you know THC shock. Right. Endocannabinoid overload. Mm-hmm. Just like well balanced. Yeah. That's good. That well, I'm excited to try them. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. So if you could paint the perfect day for yourself and not have to worry about anything, okay, I know it m- might be hard to imagine, <laughs> but if you could do that, where would you go and what would you be doing? Oh, man. Blunts on the beach sounds real good. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Just start an Instagram page, Blunts on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been working super hard and we haven't taken days off in a while. And I think a lot about what my perfect day off would be like. Okay. So paint that Um, picture. Yeah. I mean, a few years ago, I got a chance to go to Costa Rica Mm. and, uh, I think about that trip like every fucking day. And it, it was just like so magical. You wake up, we're in the mountains, like in the jungle, uh, make breakfast, 
swim in our pool a little bit that was at the house, drive down to the beach, spend some time hitting some waves, and then we would go find a waterfall in the jungle to go wash the salt off. So we go swim in rivers in the jungle for a little bit and then back to another beach to watch the sunset. And I think about we did that cycle for like seven days in a row. Wow, and what a life. I, I know, yeah. you really painted a good picture. Yeah, and I'll I, take that day, that one sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about that, I'm like, I need to get back so bad. I yeah. can't, I can't well, wait to go back. I know, hopefully yeah. that comes to you in yeah. fruition sooner than later. You just spoke it into existence. I know you would deserve again. it. So. so yeah, for sure. So how would you say cannabis has benefited your lives? Do you feel like it's been an ally for you throughout your time as an adult? Yeah, I mean, Cannabis has brought so many people into my life that wouldn't have been in it otherwise. Like my whole network in Colorado, pretty much everyone who I was friends with was a grower or selling weed or somehow involved in cannabis. And then it's, you know, on a personal level of my relationship with that plant, it provided an escape for me when I was younger from Mm -hmm. a life that, uh, you know, I had a good upbringing, but, you know, everyone has family stuff and mm-hmm. weed was a way for me to kind of zone out from mm-hmm. from the from the bad stuff. Yeah. And uh, it grew from something I used as an escape to something I used to heal myself. And it ended up bringing me a community that it's the reason I am the person I am today. And so, yeah, definitely an ally. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, besides all that stuff, because it obviously started, you know, when we were in like high school and it was like our way to get away, you know, from all the day to day stuff. But now for me, it's like use it at the end of the day to kind of turn my brain around from how I was looking at stuff all day and just kind of get perspective shift. It's a perspective shift. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like my my favorite part about it. And that's where like I chase, you know, when I chase like my medication level now, it's like to get me just to that state where, you know, it's like taking away the anxiety and giving me that, like that perspective shift. Cause somebody might've done something throughout the day where it's like, you get annoyed with it, but then it's hard just like as humans for us to, you know, break down our, our defenses yeah, for sure, and get away from like our initial response, which is just like to block. But then when you get that perspective shift, then you're like, Oh, I can actually see it from your side. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually see how maybe I was doing something wrong there, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just like helps you on a super internal level. Takes you like outward. I feel like out of yourself. Helps you be a better person. Yeah. Just like an ego Mm -hmm. shift too. I feel like someone told me one time, this wasn't about cannabis, but she said it felt like my brain came out and turned around and got put back in my head. Yeah. I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Like that's kind of like, that's how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's what I like search for. Yeah. That's really good perspective. Mm -hmm. So with being in the cannabis industry for as long as you guys have, um, how is like your, is your family supportive of what you guys do? Or are you guys just kind of like oh, yeah. out on your own limb? Oh yeah. They definitely Yours are. is Josh. Yeah. You said, um, you said they grew up smoking and yeah, stuff. So it's yeah, kind my, of fun. So like I didn't get to go into this part cause you were, you know, asking like, what was your first experience with the cannabis mm-hmm. plant? And like <clears throat> when I was 19, my buddies were trying to grow weed and, Colorado and they're like we can't figure it out but we bet you can so I moved to Durango to grow oh, Durango is one Durango. of my oh my gosh so much like yeah. I that was one of the first Colorado towns that like I visited that I could see myself living in yeah and I was like okay this is my yeah. vibe so they all moved there to go to college okay and I moved there to grow weed okay cool know? and um 
we like expanded out of like a closet. You know, we had like four plants in a closet and we were growing all this medically. Like we could sell dispos back then. Okay. It was in uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we built a big grow room, my dad like. came for Christmas yeah. and helped me build my first grow room. Okay. Oh, that's and cool. And then later down the line, my Very mom supportive. shifted into like hemp. And okay. she did some stuff in Denver, like with a, a magazine there. Oh, cool. And then she actually grew weed at her house up in a, we had a big greenhouse that we built for her. Oh, and stuff. Neat. So she that's got cool. hands on the plants. They, lo- you know, they love it. Everyone they smoke every does. Day. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay. What about you, Amin? So I had a very different experience with uh, with my family. I'm Iranian. I grew up in a strict religious Middle Eastern home. No one, no one drank. No one used any drugs. Um, so my sister and I were kind of like we were like the bad cousins out of everybody because <laughs> we both experimented with a lot of that stuff in high school and later in our lives. Um, it's funny. My sister actually doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. She became a drug counselor, th- family what? therapy. The opposite. Yeah. Okay. She, I, I joke that she went into therapy to treat me. One day. But <laughs> anyway, um, so that was kind of my upbringing. So when I moved to Colorado to start growing, I was super secretive about it. I would lie to people in my family about what I was doing. Yeah, you have to kind of do what you got to do. Right. And so like I... My mom and I are really close. I was always honest with her about, like, I smoke weed, but she never knew the extent of how much I was smoking and how involved in, like, the culture I was. That's so um, relatable. I'm like, you're telling my story right now. This is so crazy. <laughs> However, <laughs> Just a guy version. In, yeah. in my later 20s, I got to a point where uh, I realized my relationship would be better with my family if I was just honest about everything. So I kind of had, like, a cannabis coming out intervention yeah (laughs) more more of like a coming out where i just decided i was yeah i i was just truthful anytime someone asked me i just told them what i do um and it's better that way it Mm -hmm. feels better and her and i are closer than ever and you know now i call her and i tell her everything we're doing and that's awesome she yeah and she's like genuinely curious she um and interested and that feels really good to be mm-hmm. able to have come over that bridge yeah I feel like it also like helps like so much strengthen your relationship with your mom because I remember when my mom when like I told her and like as she saw me like evolve and grow in the industry and do all these things she was like wow like I can't believe that you can do so much in this industry and then yeah. she started asking questions and it got to the point where like I could be like yeah like I consume and she never because I'm a girl, it's a little bit different, but to an, she never knew to what extent I consumed. But I think she also knew because she's a mom and moms just know everything. But it definitely had strengthened my relationship with her. Like, because I, 2019 is when I started in the industry and that's when I like officially told her. And even like telling her about the podcast, like we talk about some pretty raw stuff on here. And so, I mean, I don't want my mom listening to all that. But anyways, <laughs> we're, <laughs> so we're trying to mature, you know, the, yeah. the industry though, because mm-hmm. still from like, you know, whatever, whether it's like botanical or like manufacturing, we're still like the stepchild yeah. of all these other industries that happen. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to like pull that away and make yeah. it seem like, hey, we're actually legitimate. Mm-hmm. We do good business, too. Mm-hmm. And we're here for people, though, which is kind of yeah, that's kind of different from industry in America. Yes, absolutely. You know? Which is cool. I feel like Oklahoma is definitely a lot like patient focused and like yeah, what can sure. we do to make it right? What can we do to make it better? Yeah. 
Um, so let's flip the script a little. Can you please tell us, first of all, how you two met? Because we haven't touched on that. And then what you guys do for Evoke and what your positions are within the company. Yeah. You want to yeah. go first? Yeah, or? for sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I know you, you remember a lot more details about this, but I just remember I was with a group of friends. I think, was it Fish Weekend in Denver? Yeah. Yep. And and some we were at the show and they were just like, hey, you got to meet this Omid guy. Because like at that point, I think I was already shifted. I was making hash like most of the time. Cool. Like I had I grew for a while. And then once I found like hydrocarbon extraction, like we were doing like, you know, open blasting hydrocarbon and mm-hmm. we were doing we were doing solventless. But then like when I really started to get into it, they were like, you got to meet this dude. He's a good grower. And we met at like what? 1 a.m., yeah. 2 a.m. At, so at, right. at, at a fish after <laughs> yep. party. That's yep. cool. And we just started hitting it off. And then, like, we, you know, we left. And then the next time I saw you was at another show, like, a weekend or two later, maybe. We ran in a similar friend group. Yeah. So okay, got it. We had, like, seen each other yeah. but not really talked too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just, like, on the back porch of this venue that um some friends of mine I used to, you know, like, work with, they own it. And um, he comes out the back door through the through the green room and I'm like, did you just come out of there? And he looks around, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. So I'm like, you don't know if you just walked through that door. He's like, he's like, I have no idea. But you just saw him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one two o'clock in the morning again. And I'm like, here's this guy. And I was like, yeah, we we'll probably be friends. Guy. You know? And then um from there it was just like uh I was always making hash with people's, you know, biomass that I was getting and no one was no one ever cared about like elevating the hash game. And Omid was like the first guy that was like, how do we make the hash better? And then from that point on, it was just like, we just started this journey of like, you're the first person who's ever like done that with me. Like, let me, you know, like tell me about your grow. Like, mm-hmm. how can we change your grow, your harvest? And he was like totally on board with it. And then we made some killer fucking hash. That's awesome. So. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so go ahead. Well, so will you guys tell us what your position in Evoke is? That's getting cloudy. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> Uh, I wear the, many hats. The, the two yeah. of us and our other friend, Wes, we all founded the company together. Um, at the end of 2019, Josh and I were both kind of doing some hemp CBD stuff. And we were working with someone who things were like kind of starting to get bigger, but we weren't really sure that hemp and CBD was what we wanted to do. And we both kind of stopped doing that and we started meeting like a few times a week for like hours and we started putting together a business plan to start a cannabis company and then 2020 the pandemic hit and we were like well that's not fucking happening like no one's gonna invest and like want to start a business in the middle of a pandemic and then a few months later josh hit me up and he's like hey uh we got some licenses in oklahoma we're gonna go start a weed business in Oklahoma. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not, um, I'm like, you're coming with me. He's like, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like, absolutely not. I'm like, yeah, you're there coming. was a while. I was like, I wasn't sure if Omid was going to come. Cause like, you know, like he had a, he had the spots in Colorado, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, he had a house up in Coal Creek Canyon that was just gorgeous, you know? And it's like, how do you pull yourself from that mountain Yeah, to wow. come chase your dream? Like and you're flatland up, Oklahoma. Yeah. To give up so much. But mm-hmm. now it's like, I think we, I think we're all deciding, you know, like that was like the move, like this is the best move, you know, we could have made. Yeah. Just to go wherever to, to like 
get this done. Yeah. You know, and chase our dreams. Oklahoma is a great place, place to live. I feel like you kind of figure that out if, if you've been here longer. Besides without all the nature and mountains, yeah. I feel like it's a good hub. The to longer be able to I'm go. here, the more I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it has to grow on you. For me, a lot of it has to do with the community we've built out here. The mm-hmm. people are awesome. And so yeah. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as what we do at Evoke, oh, yeah. when we started the company, we kind of both did like everything, we did everything, We'd build out compliance, uh, there was like growing, extracting, like we had our hands on everything. Josh yeah. was focused on the lab. I was focused on cultivation as the company's grown. We've both taken steps back from those departments and, we're focusing a lot more on expanding the company, uh, branding, marketing, new product launches, yeah. like more ownership type roles as opposed to day-to-day operation roles. And Which is huge. That means you guys are growing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. means we're growing. And yeah. it also means that we have an amazing fucking team in those facilities yes. who yes. are crushing it. Yeah, yeah you really would not be so able to do it without them. As, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like our actual titles, um, we came in, I was kind of our... Wes was our CEO. Um, I was our COO and kind of like the director of the lab or processing. And Omid was our director of cultivation. So we kind of just had like this thing where it was like the lab guy, the the weed guy, the business guy. But now it's like Omid has just put together such a strong team underneath. And like he said, you know, we just have amazing people to the point where he steps away now. And I mean... I don't really grow anymore. Yeah. I, I have my Sundays where I go look over the facilities, but it's just like checks i'm not actually hands-on plants anymore mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah i'm all on the back end doing work mm-hmm. that's awesome okay. okay let's pause for a minute and talk about oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication herbage magazine they're in over 500 dispensaries statewide providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. So Evoke, let's talk about that. Like where, what does that mean? Where did that come from? How did that evolve? Yeah. So, you know, when we were like building a company with, I think it was really just like four of us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when we started like our first harvest there were seven of us you know but for me it was like I always did stuff by myself um so I didn't have to like bounce ideas off people now we have like so many hands in the pot it's hard but evoke was like I had just written down some names was like we started this stuff so fast that we didn't like you know it had just changed from like having a vision to like dude we just gotta get this done so Mm -hmm. I had like a list of names that I was really into and then it was like I brought it to everybody and everybody's like yeah evoke I like that but for me it was you what does the cannabis plant evoke in you because cannabis um, smell is actually one of your most um, recalling memory or like it can recall memory stronger than any other sense. Mm-hmm. So when you smell something, it can bring so much to your brain, you know, so much, so much to your mind. And so like when I say like evoke, what does it evoke in you? Because sometimes when I smell weed, dude, it will bring me back. Like you, yeah. you know, you had that blind mm-hmm. going earlier and I was like, Oh my God, like, it reminded me of something like six years ago. And that's why you hit it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. And I wouldn't have yeah. because like it was just evoking some senses. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Yeah, I that's, like that. That's where evoke came from. It's very intentional. And I love when people are super like intentional with their names and yeah. your branding, like your branding, everything that I've seen from evoke since the beginning has been so just 
on. And I really appreciate when companies, specifically cannabis companies, take the time to do that because, I mean, even with marketing, there is such a stigma around like the 420 stoner culture, right. you know, and like that's fine, that's right. great. Um, but it's always, I always love to see companies that go out on a limb and are super creative and like right. really take the time to build a personality for their brand because yeah. that's so important. Yeah, one of the things I always wanted for Evoke was that I wanted to have something for everyone, mm -hmm. whether you're going to a dispensary and buying something for $10 or yeah. spending $100. You know, mm -hmm. like we have, you know, like some cartridges or, you know, cured BHO. Mm -hmm. Like you can go in and get that. But we also have like some 90 to 120 micron, you know, mm -hmm. rosin jam, you know. And it's yeah. like, you know, so um, I always wanted to look I wanted it to be favorable for people who were like connoisseurs, but mm -hmm. I also want it to look good for the businessmen. Like if you put my package down in your Mercedes, it doesn't look out of place there. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So like, I just want it to, it was hard. That yeah. was really hard. Yeah. yeah that's, make, I feel like that's always the hardest part is creating yeah. the brand and like the personality for your brand and what you want to, I mean, see every day. Cause that's right. something that like, when you look at something every day, you're like, you can, it can be like, oh, I'm tired of looking at that. But right. I know that's how we, we feel about our logo. Like I never get tired of looking at it. I it, like, every time I look at it, I'm like, this like is so like, it ignites right. me. I'm like, this is so cool. This is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. So you guys haven't, you haven't been in the flower room in a little bit, but as you like go in there on Sundays and do your thing, like, is there something you miss about being in there or like something that you love about stepping into a flower room that like every single time you're like, wow. Yeah. As soon as I walk into a flower room, all my thoughts turn off. All I can think about is what I'm seeing and smelling mm -hmm. and hearing around me. Even like the buzzing of the fans. I know it sounds insane, but it, it like calms me down. Yeah. So I could have a million thoughts racing. As soon as I open the door, I'm present. Yeah. And I, I love that about walking into a grow room. And I would say that's what I miss most about being hands-on with the plants is that it's, it's very centering to work on plants and mm -hmm. to just like be in there and yeah, a, when you're cutting down bottoms, like I really like that. You're, yeah. you're shaping the plant. It's like, it, it takes like a little bit of skill and creativity. And mm -hmm. it's also like, you're just like focused on what's right in front of you. And then you're getting smells from like your fingers as you're touching things. And you, you know, you get like little stem rubs here and there and you're like, Oh, like you get a whiff of something. Like mm -hmm. we cut plants day 21. So they're not like super mature. There's not a lot of resin, but every now and then you're under there. You're like, wow, this plant smells really good. It's only week three. Like this right, is going to be, gonna be yeah, this thing's going to be awesome, you know? So yeah, I really miss like that, that just that peace from yeah. being in there and just that present mindfulness. Yeah was like a really good answer from that like was. a true passionate grower yeah. who like actually really loves being around the plants. Mm -hmm. There's it's wild. I feel like there's not not everyone you talk to like yes, you hope everyone is like passionate about growing cannabis, you know, whenever you talk to them, but like some people like can't pull that out of it. Like I don't mm -hmm. even know if they feel that or if they even take care of them in that sense, you know, or like have all of those thoughts and feelings like you just mm -hmm. said, which is like just being more connected to the plant. And it was mm -hmm. also like pouring a lot of love and energy, you know, into now, it as well. Yeah. We can tell too, you know, like we can tell when people share that. Yeah. You know, like when you, when you see someone's flower, you know, and, and you realize that they've taken, that they love it. So they've right. taken every step necessary to make sure that it's going to come out perfect. Yeah. And then you go see their facility and you're like, Oh Yeah. It like makes you're sense. like us. You yeah. Know, you yeah. Love and there's, this. that's what I'm saying. Like there's not, I, I appreciate that because there's not everyone. 
like that. You like ask them what's the favorite thing about mm-hmm. being in the flower room. And, and it's like a conventional answer that like yeah. it has no depth to it. And mm-hmm. then you're kind of like, I, I see where you're at just by that answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, right. I know how deep your love is. <laughs> So, okay. So with that being said, tell us about your indoor flower. Like what do you guys take pride in when it comes to your flower and then, and concentrates? I'll take this one. Yeah. So, um, something that I'd like to tell everyone who comes and sees our facility, sees our plants and how we operate is that we're really focused on fundamentals. And when it comes to growing, I think that's like the most important thing so morals yeah i mean morals too but that that goes into it for me it's like it's a lot of common sense practice where like we don't spray anything weird we don't spray past week two a flower we uh like our environments dialed our feedings dialed like we fundamentals it's just like you give the plant a good clean organized like consistent environment and it will thrive and that there's no secrets you know i when i was less busy i used to blast our tech on my instagram i would every sunday i would be talking about different stuff that we're doing in the grow like i don't i remember when you did that i thought it was really cool yeah we don't have any secrets anyone can ask me anything about our process and i'll tell them and here's the thing like I can, we can write it all down and hand it off to another team and they're not going to execute the same way that my team executes. And we, we have, have done that. Right. We, and, like, and it didn't yeah. go well. And you it's know? interesting, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so really it comes down to, we have, all our growers are super passionate. They're insanely hardworking. They, they're the heartbeat of the, the company, at least on the cultivation side. Like they really just kick so much ass and care so much. And that's like, when I say fundamentals, that's part of it. Like mm-hmm. we don't have any, anyone at the grow who doesn't want to be at that grow every day. And that like, you feel that, you know, you feel it yeah. when you're in the building. I love that. And that's one of those things where like, as we shift, you know, like, as we look down the line for like nationwide legalization and like how is like big corporations going to come in and take over cannabis, you can't beat people like what Omid does when he goes into a grow room because you can set all these like very standardized protocols, but really it's someone who knows what they're doing and has put in thousands and thousands of hours to be able to look at a plant and be like, I know what you want. Right. Yeah. And, and to do that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a huge skill. You it's can't, a gift. Yeah. It's a bunch of different things at once. You I can't feel like. learn that yeah. off a sheet of paper. It's just yeah. experience and it's yes, just it caring mm-hmm. because you go home and you think about it all night mm-hmm. while you sleep, while you shower, while you eat. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like it never stops. Huh. Yeah. I will say this about you. You your passion for the plant always and like shows in your passion for what you do and your passion for people. Like I've gotten to do some business with you and it's cool to see like any like issue I've had or not had, or like you've checked in, like, how's this going? How's this doing? Like, that's what you want. And it's, it, you're not even our sales rep. You're the owner, which I think is so, is so great because that's what you want, right? Like you want the person who created, I mean, not always, but you know, like you want that person to be like, Hey, like, are you good? Like, is everything being taken care of? And that passion shows in so many ways of you, just like even normal conversation. And that's very admirable. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, of course. So while we're on the subject of flower, what kind of terpenes do you guys lean towards? um, Mm. Or like favorite strains that you guys grow? Mm. 
Josh is like, talk dirty to me. I still, man, there, we, we've gone through so much stuff this last couple of years, you know, with like trying to take on all these Spino Hunt projects and like searching for cultivars. But I still lean back to some of the OGs that we had. Like we had a Sherbert Cookie 6. I know you knew I was going to say that. We still have it. We still. It's coming we, back. We don't, yeah, we don't run it much anymore, but we used to. And um, that one just like has a perfect blend of like fruity, but gas. And then there's this one turp that I always chase. I call it tennis balls. And it smells <laughs> like when you crack open a fresh tin of tennis balls. And I know that sounds weird, but no, like, I don't think I I've ever that. done that. You know actually, yes, about? I know what you're talking about. That is like my favorite thing. I'm into those weird ass smells when you were a kid that you probably, I mean, mm. stuff that you shouldn't have been sniffing, but also like this shit mm. that smells good, like <laughs> yeah. like that, like right. opening a thing of tennis balls. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You no, know, I know like it's like a new change. smell, but it's yeah, like it's smell. also like the material right. or whatever. It's not rubber, but it's not like the, mm-hmm. the fiber. I, I don't know. know. I don't know what it is. Tennis <laughs> I balls. I know that smell, <laughs> or like a new basketball, or just something. But it's really tennis balls specifically in a yeah. jar thing that you open. <laughs> I've never done that before. Put it on my list of things well, to well, do. Well, if you played sports yeah. or like was into any. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on here. <laughs> would y'all, what would you guys say has been like the most challenging part of like starting up a grow in Oklahoma that maybe you just didn't expect? I know there's like many of things and that's a loaded question. <laughs> Especially people from Colorado. I know, but like what is the one thing that you were like, damn, I did not expect that, but you just had to figure that one out. The ice storms. The ice storms. <laughs> that's so say, fair. I was going to say the timing. Because when we came out here, you know, we were looking at it and we're like, man, like, you know, everything here is going to be great. We're going to grow inside. We're going to deal with some environmental issues from outside to inside that we're not used to. But it shouldn't be too bad. Wrong. It's like everything can be bad. And one of the biggest things for us was we started, we were building out during COVID. Mm -hmm. So that happened. We got delayed, and then we had an ice storm that stopped us from getting power. Like we, shut the whole state down. It shut the whole state it down. Put our power. I think I remember yeah, that. We remember that. We were yeah. here. Was, yeah, early twenty one. Um, we yeah. got delayed like almost six months because wow. of that during our build out, and right. that like it messed. That's a, lot a of, huge month. Like six months is a yeah. lot to get delayed. Yeah. for one ice storm, that's crazy. Well, it was three months on the ice storm, three yeah. months on COVID. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because at one point our 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 contractors just stopped coming. Mm. You know, so. That was the hardest part. And then me and Omid and a couple other of us were just like building this this whole building out at the end. They like put walls up and electrical and they were like, peace. And then we're like, oh, God, we got to do the rest. Mm-hmm. So like we were in there doing floors, building the tables, hanging the lights. You know, like we properly like finished building this thing out, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just a lot of sweat. That yeah. was the hardest part. That was definitely the yeah. hardest part. A lot of hard work and passionate sweat and tears yeah <laughs> i'm sure it's my favorite part though are the, yeah. the build outs mm-hmm. i think yeah. it's the rewarding best. yeah everyone's yeah. like it's like grind mode everyone's working super hard every mm-hmm. day it's like you wake up and you know what you're gonna do that day and yep. you're excited because we're all working towards a common goal and seeing mm-hmm. the project come together i yeah i really like the build out i'm portion. really project focused so like i love waking up and like you said knowing what you're gonna do yeah and like knowing what's next mm-hmm. you know not being like well how are we gonna like push forward it's like no i know what i gotta do yeah and it you know that's the that's not a skill that everyone has it's mm-hmm. hard to sometimes people can get in a slump mm-hmm. but sometimes people just don't know how to it's i mean really think outside the box to know that they're 
know what they have to do and not be like, okay, how do I, like you said, push forward, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I already know what I need to do. Like this, 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 and this to get here because this is the goal and not everyone is easily able to do that. So the fact that both of you can do that is a real gift because it's, it just makes your team work so much better. I feel like, Mm -hmm. Um, so we've touched on flour. Let's touch on hash and BHO and what you do on your side. Mm-hmm. So what's what's it like for you in there? Like, what's your favorite thing to do when you walk in? You know, just all the things. I mean, quality control is definitely one of the biggest things mm-hmm. that I know we you know we all share. But realistically, I'm in. I'm probably in the lab less than he's in the grow now. Okay. You know? um, so realistically, you know, I just go check in on how everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're still in the building every day. So it's like whenever I'm there, I always have extractors running up to me being like, I got a problem. And then I love just being able to walk back and solve it for them in two mm-hmm. seconds and be like, peace. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, but just like seeing the overall evolution of, of our team, mm-hmm. like every day, it just seems like our team is pushing just a little bit harder just to go a little bit further. And like, how can we get an edge on, you know, everybody in the market too? Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're really that we've really taken on with our rosin in the and all of our solvent lists in the past, you know, three to six months is like, how can we push this to be something that we can control every bit of the process? Mm-hmm. So like the, the thing, my favorite part about processing and evoke is that we can bring a seed in the building and that won't see the light of day until it leaves in a package. Mm-hmm. So our quality control is just like it can't be beat because we go from the grow room down here mm-hmm. to chop it down, freeze it in a freezer, bring it down the hallway, and then it's in the lab. Like yeah. So for me, like that's that's my favorite part. That's it's just true. like the fact that we get to oversee 100% of the process, mm-hmm. and you can't beat that. Yeah, that it's, it's nice to know that, know all the hands that go on your yeah. product, and then even the hand that's going to deliver it. And that exactly. just, it's nice to know that, it's all being controlled. So that's mm-hmm. actually a great transition into my next question is hiring for Evoke. What's that? Building a team is building a great team. Let me rephrase that is mm-hmm. not easy and finding diamonds in the rut are hard. Right. You guys have spoken nothing but highly about your team. What's that process been like for you guys in building that? And so, like, what do you guys look for? Like, you know how people look for like specific things and people like, do you guys have specific things that you look for? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Right off the bat, like we have three awesome friends who moved out here from Colorado with us. Um, two of them who I've been growing with for a long time. So we had solid foundation right from the start. You know, we had six, seven, eight. I'm trying to think as a couple of our other ownership group we had like eight people maybe nine move out from Colorado so right from the start we had like a super solid foundation and then um I've always been like fairly active on Instagram so just like putting out posts on my personal I had like a few good people respond and uh it's easy for me to talk to a grower and Mm -hmm. know if they're bullshitting or actually know what they're talking about I can tell like pretty quick from like even like a few minutes in the DM. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm just always looking to make sure that people first you got to talk the talk and then if you can and we vibe I'm going to give you a chance to walk the walk and most of the people we bring in are we've we've been, we've been really lucky we've like we have super blessed. low turnover. We have That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I think part of it is that we've built an attractive company to come work for mm-hmm. so most of the people who apply to come work for us, they 
they know like what the standard is and kind of what they're getting into and what the expectations are going to be. And we seem to attract really good people. We've, yeah. Yeah. As far as hiring goes, it's been all over the place. Cause like I just ran through, um, a campaign for a processing manager Mm -hmm. and this has taken me like over a month and a half at this point to get all the way down to where, okay, we have a start date, you yeah. know, two months. Mm-hmm. But then there's also been times where Omid, where like we had a rapid expansion mm-hmm. and Omid took like how many interviews at a Starbucks one day? Like, like 15, like 15, <laughs> wow. yeah. like half hour back I hired to back like, to back to back. Like four growers and five trimmers in, wow. like, in like two weeks or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So we've done like these rapid things, you know, where it's like we we had a huge expansion. We need people in here now. But then, you know, some of the other times it's like really methodical, mm-hmm. but we've just been, I mean, blessed. It's just like underselling it. Yeah. That's cool that you guys have are able to build out such like a impressive yeah. team. Like um, you guys seem yes. like you have a very well-oiled machine. We've got really lucky. And we have really, really good cool. team leaders too. But yeah. it also yeah. like comes down to y'all. Like yeah. whenever mm-hmm. like light attracts light, you know, and mm-hmm. with like good energy and people, you start to just things start to organically happen, like good things start to happen, but it just comes down to like where y'all start at, you yeah, know? So right. like that's also a huge compliment. Our management has put really good systems into place yes, to make it. That's a everything lot. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The transition for new employees, it's, it's maybe easier than other places because oh, of yeah. the systems that have been built and systems, systems are everything. everything. Totally. And so I feel like for new people coming into some structure, they are more likely to succeed. And so yeah. I definitely can't take credit for that. We have we have people who work for us who are just like killing it in that department. Yeah. And Hell yeah. Shout out to them. I know. Y'all have got a solid team of people. Yeah. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So what exciting things can we expect for the rest of the year with Evoke? That Anything you might oh, want to share? We, this is like the most exciting year, I think, just for like me personally like in cannabis but for evoke too um we got a bunch of cool new product launches coming so we got the rosin gummies we have um live rosin live resin um disposables coming that are going to be awesome yeah because it's like how can you get that much flavor into something that i just got in my pocket yeah you know <laughs> right. um, we have a bunch of events that omid's kind of been taking over on getting hooked up with you know um the puff and paint tomorrow. Hey. Puff and paint. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug. For you. Yes. Yeah. Puff and paint tomorrow. We got be so um, fun. the Herbage Golf Herbage Tournament Golf. next next month. We're we sponsoring. And then Turp Float, Float is like going to be huge this year. We're one of the main sponsors for the Sensi cool. Oasis. Yeah. Yeah. We're Swim Up Dab Bar. Very yeah. excited so about sick. that. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A lot of our staff's going to be coming out. So it's going to be fun because we've grown to the point we have like almost 40 people working yeah. for That's us amazing. now. So 35 like, was my last count. Yeah, like but turning into like a small city or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I evoke. City evoke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the stigma surrounding the cannabis plant that makes you like roll your eyes and that you guys would like to see changed? Stupid stoners. That's like one of the biggest things is like, you know, if you're in cannabis, you're probably dumb and lazy. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. That's what we're trying to break. You know, that's like I said, trying to get cannabis from being like the stepchild of yeah. of mm-hmm. industries you know um make us look legitimate yeah so that's 
that's it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. What about you, Maine? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, guys, I think this wraps up today's episode. You both have been a pleasure to talk to, and we thank you and appreciate you for sharing your heart and passions with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Yeah, thank thank you you guys. To keep up with Evoke and all of their wonderful product and mouthwatering photography, you can follow them on Instagram at Evoke Cannabis. That's E-V-O-K-C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S. And thank you for everyone who chose to tune in to today's episode. Be sure to come back for next week's. And as always, Sam, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.